0: Welcome to the Reset Podcast, I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies, and I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast Thank you guys for being here. It's a really special week. I'm recording this on 2 2, two, two February 2nd, 2022. It's also the second day of Lunar New Year, and I am Vietnamese and I celebrate that. And we're also coming out of a many weeks long foray deep into Mercury and Venus retrograde, and we're just coming out of that now. So I feel so much better this week, It feels like a really exciting new beginning after a pretty tumultuous past four to six weeks where I was having a really tough time just getting going on a bunch of different projects that I have, but I'm ready for a fresh start. And I don't know about you guys, but I thought it would be apropos to answer a listener question. And this listener question deals with new beginnings as well. The question is about breakups. I'll go ahead and read that message here. Hi, Liz. I recently went through a breakup that is equally needed, but also devastating. I would love an episode on healing after ending a meaningful relationship and finding yourself again after intertwining your life with someone else. A beautiful topic. This is definitely very active breakup season. A lot of breakups tend to happen around the holidays and before Valentine's Day. But even if you're not actively going through a breakup, this episode is more broadly about dealing with the feelings of rejection and sadness. Today, I am definitely going to cover the topic of how do you heal from a breakup? How do you move on with your life? But first, I want to talk about sadness more broadly, because I do not think that the appreciation of sadness... Gets enough airtime in our culture. And I also think that our culture tends to have it all wrong. Sadness is very, very misunderstood. I am living in the United States where it feels like every book on the self help section shelf is about happiness. How can you be happy? How do you learn the secrets of joy? How do you create habits that make you happy? How do you push that sadness away so you never have to look at it? One of my favorite Buddhist phrases is that life is 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows. And I think that's so true, but we as a society don't recognize that. We only wanna focus on the happy and when we feel sad, then we feel guilty about it. We feel like it's our fault, It makes us anxious. Other people treat us like it's contagious and they don't want to be around us when we're sad. But there are other cultures around the world that have an appreciation and a value for the gifts that sadness can bring. My personal view of sadness is that it is the portal through which we walk in order to improve our lives. Sadness is a catalyst for learning, for change, and ultimately for enlightenment. I think Leonard Cohen put this really brilliantly in one of his songs, a very famous quoted verse that says, there is a crack in everything. It's how the light gets in. When we are happy and everything is going well in our worlds, there's no reason to feel compelled to make any changes. There's no room for learning. There's no opportunities to evolve and grow because why? You know, why change things when life is hunky dory? But that sadness and that pain is the universe's way of telling us that something needs to change. It's not telling us that there's something wrong with you, it's not saying that you're flawed or that your life is broken. Rather, that sadness is saying this is a natural evolution of life in the stage where you are right now. There's something that needs to change in your life. There's something that needs to evolve. The best thing for children is to experience micro moments of pain and hardship. So if you're a kid and you're exploring and you climb a tree and you fall out of that tree and you hurt your leg a little bit, but you're actually okay, it's fantastic because you learn about resilience and you learn that failure is survivable. And so in that same way, of course, breakups and real pain, death, grief are so much more painful than falling out of a tree, but the allegory is still there. The metaphor is that sadness isn't some sort of curse that is happening to you It's not something to lament and think, oh, life is so unfair. It happens to all of us. And if we are truly, really living, letting ourselves be alive, then we will feel even more of that sadness because we'll have more of those 10,000 joys and accompanying 10,000 sorrows. When I was between the ages of 30 and 32, I had two of the hardest breakups of my entire life. The first one was a divorce. So I was getting divorced from my partner of four years who I really believed I'd start a family with and I hoped I'd be with for a very long time. And then the second was with someone who I really cared about deeply and it was a short-lived relationship. We were on and off for a year, but I was almost as equally sad about that one as my divorce. I think we had some sort of karmic link between us. But both of those experiences changed so much in my life. They propelled me to change careers, to move apartments. All these things were for the better. I got very deeply into Buddhism and meditation. I changed my relationship with alcohol, where before I would go out drinking all the time. I was totally very casual about taking drugs on the weekends and having lots of fun. And I was really running away from my sadness with a lot of going out and substance use. And these breakups compelled me to just seek out a six month period where I wasn't drinking, I wasn't dating. I was just with myself, letting myself feel these feelings for maybe the first time ever in my life to allow the sadness to be with me. And to give it its full run of the house and do exactly what it needed to do to express itself. And I'm not saying that this was a good time in my life. It was actually a very bleak and dark time where I oftentimes felt worried that I was more clinically depressed because of how much I cried and how much alone time i spent where i just couldn't even motivate myself to go out or go do anything i just sat in my apartment and i read self help books and i watched old episodes of sex and the city particularly the ones where big is being a huge ass to carry and thought about my past relationships i went on long meditation retreats i mean it was not a fun couple of years especially because it was at a point in time where everyone around me was getting married or committing to serious relationships and everything was fun and happy. And I just remember going to a wedding right after I had split with my husband. And during the vows portion of it, I just cried silently the entire time and I just tried my hardest not to let the tears actually come out because it was so awkward for everyone else because everyone was so happy. my really close friend from growing up Zach, he was there and he just held my hand really tightly and those tears just poured down my cheeks the entire time. And it was like that all the time where anything could really just trigger tears. I'd be walking through the Best Buy and I'd hear a song come on and I'd just start crying. So it definitely wasn't a happy time. It was one of the worst times of my life ever, ever, ever. But I look back on it now and I also see that this moment shaped me. It was my making. I am who I am because of that time. I have my whole career that I love so much because of that time. And I have this new relationship with myself that was only possible because I went through those breakups. So your path and what you have to learn will, of course, be different because it is bespoke to you and your life. But this is a very true and very deeply held Buddhist belief is that whenever there is something that comes into our lives that is sad, disappointing, angering, there's always some growth that needs to happen. These things are happening to us because they are the catalyst for us to make some much needed changes. I also love reminding myself of the phrase, projection is protection. It's something that I learned from my dear friend, Jess. And I think you already know this, dear listener, who posted this question because you said that your breakup was much needed, even though it was also devastating. So both <laughs> need to happen. And it's also quite sad And that's the thing that this phrase represents is that there's nuance, right? Even though these painful events, these breakups hurt so much, they usually wind up being the best thing that ever happened to us. When someone is rejecting you, whether that is a partner or a job that you're interviewing for, that rejection is life's way of creating a barrier onto a path that does not belong to you. It is life and the universe's way of rerouting you onto the path that you're supposed to be on. At the time of those two breakups, I, more than anything, wanted a way to make it work with my ex-husband and then later on my ex-boyfriend. Honestly, up until literally the month or two before I I met my husband, Dev. I was wanting to see if there's a way for me and this ex-boyfriend to make things work. And we went on this really sad. It wasn't a date, but it was like a hangout session together. And at the end of it, he told me that he had a girlfriend and I was totally devastated because I felt like he had been leading me on to think that he didn't have one because we held hands. Ultimately, it was very, very sad. And I met Dev the next month, but I'm the kind of person who really holds a lot of love in my heart for people even after the relationship has ended it's hard for me to let go but now looking back i do see that that rejection from those two people from my ex-husband and my ex-boyfriend it was protection because i was meant to be with dev dev is the most kind-hearted beautiful inspirational person and now i can't imagine my life without him but at the time you know rewind back to that moment even just a month before I met him, I would have said so clearly that I still wanted to be with that ex-boyfriend. So I think it's hard to keep this in mind now, but remembering that whatever rejection is coming your way, it is actually protecting you from going down a path that ultimately isn't in alignment with your best and highest life purpose. Can you think about a time where that feels true to you? Maybe you were rejected for a job that you were applying for or an after-school club that you wanted to be a part of and see if there is a time maybe a few years back now that you have some distance from it where you can see that being turned down or being rejected for whatever that was actually was for your best, even if you couldn't see it in the moment. Okay, now that we've spoken about sadness and rejection more broadly, I want to answer the meat of our wonderful listener's question, which is how can she move on? How can she find herself again after her life was so intertwined with someone else's? I posted something on Instagram this week that really made me think about this question, and what I posted was a chart called Growing Around Grief by Lewis Tonkin from 1996, And it's a chart with a bunch of circles on it, but I'll just read the caption. People think that grief slowly gets smaller with time. In reality, grief stays the same size, but slowly life begins to grow bigger around it. So that's actually the secret here. The trick isn't just to try to forget that your partner ever existed, but rather the trick is to start to build a new life for yourself. The grief that you hold in your heart may stay the same size, but slowly your life will begin to grow outside of that. And in relation, the grief will seem so much smaller as your life starts to grow bigger. And that's why my number one advice for how to heal post-breakup is to invest a lot of time and energy into being intentional about your life. Because you're going to want to disrupt old patterns, old behaviors, old habits that you had in the relationship and bring in freshness. If you let your whole life stay the same, then basically you feel like your life is exactly the same as when you were in a relationship, but there's this giant gaping hole And everything reminds you of that person and the way your life used to be. After I got divorced, I wanted to stay in the same neighborhood because a lot of my friends still lived there and I wanted to see them all the time. And I did it for six months, but ultimately it was just so sad because I would pass the banh mi place where we used to go. I'd pass the place where we used to ride our bikes together I'd walk past the fish market where we'd get fish for dinner. Everything was a souvenir of what I had lost. So disrupt the pattern, shake things up. Can you move? Can you go on a trip somewhere? Can you start to create new experiences for yourself? Can you make new friends? Can you join different communities? I think I did all of those things. I went to Bali for a month. I was lucky to be transitioning between jobs at the time. Most of my friends were coupled up, so I started to make friends with other single people. I got more involved in the Buddhist community in New York, and I started regularly attending the Sangha events on Fridays and Mondays. I also moved neighborhoods. I moved back to Manhattan after almost five years of living in Brooklyn. I did different workouts than I had done before because... That was a big part of my relationship with my partner was exercising together, so I stopped doing all the things that we used to do together and tried to forge my own way. On the weekends, I would plan out really beautiful adventures for myself, and I would ask myself, what is one thing that I think I might like? I was trying to understand what was truly me and what was me in the relationship with him. So for instance, something we really liked to do was go watch the movies, the old movies at Film Forum, old art house films. And I thought I had really liked that because it was something enjoyable that I always looked forward to doing with him. And after we broke up, I realized it's not something I inherently like for myself. I was rediscovering who I was as a holistic person outside of this relationship, So my advice to you is start dating yourself. Take yourself out on dates. Think about what you might like. Learn about yourself as if you are seeing who you are for the very first time again. It's such a powerful time for reinvention. I changed my hair. I changed my clothes. Yes, the ending of this relationship had left a giant void in my life but that void was also an opportunity to begin again as someone that was more true to my spirit and my soul. I've always loved that funny tongue in cheek saying that if you want to get over someone, then get under someone else. Meaning if you want to get over someone, then go sleep around with someone else, go hook up. And I don't know if I would recommend that, but I do think that the person who you should be getting under is yourself. Hook up with yourself. Fall in love with yourself again. Take all the love that you're missing, that that person who you used to be in a relationship would pour into your life and pour it back all over yourself. Take all the love that you used to give them and redirect it back into every single moment of your day, the small moments. How can you make waking up and your morning routine, a beautiful, joyous event? How can you take the evenings that you used to spend cooking dinner and watching Netflix with the other person and make them really beautiful, attentive, nourishing evenings for yourself? Aim for a life that is not only rich and full of activity and newness, but is also full of self-love and self-respect. Point number two which is a really complimentary point to the first one, is about letting yourself really feel the sadness and allowing yourself the catharsis to get it all out. When we have really big feelings, then they don't go away from putting a bandaid on them or running away from them. They can only disappear when we've allowed them to run their full course. Crying is actually really beneficial to the nervous system Because it allows the release of cortisol and other stress hormones. Verbally processing what happened by talking about it with friends is helpful because it allows you to make sense and to normalize this experience. When you ignore the negative feelings that you're having from the relationship ending, then it's only a short-term fix. They just get buried deeper and they actually grow and grow and grow. What you have to do is tend to them, be present with these feelings and give them what they need. So you can ask yourself on a regular basis, what does my sadness need today? What does my anger need today? What does my jealousy need today? And then give that to yourself. I used to love going to watch sad movies alone and listening to sad music. And while that sounds very depressing, music and film and books became my companions. They allowed me to see people in similar experiences and feel empathy for them. I'd read stories of breakups and it would normalize things for me. I loved reading the Modern Love column from the New York Times and reading the sad ones. I'm not normally a country music fan, but that genre has so much wonderful heartbreak music, and I would walk around the city with my headphones on, just up and down the streets alone at night and on the weekends, and I would just allow myself to cry if I really needed to because I knew that there was this backlog of pent-up emotion, and I had to let it out. So I'd go to yoga class, and I would cry, and I'd feel okay about it. If I happened to cry when I was talking to friends, then I let that be okay because it was where I was. Acceptance of all your big feelings, no matter how scary or socially inappropriate they are, is the second step to healing from breakup. I know this advice is a little counterintuitive because most people say, oh, don't wallow. It just makes it worse. Don't get stuck in the past. Just focus on the positive. But I disagree with that. Your feelings are always valid. Your feelings are always real. And each of those feelings has a need that you can give to them, whether that be journaling, writing an angry letter, venting to a friend, going for a long run. Whatever that is, your job is to allow those feelings to be, ask them what they need, and then give them that need. I do think that one big challenge in getting your sadness needs met is that people in our society tend to fear sadness. So it might get to be too much for some of your friends that you are always feeling sad or you're always needing to vent. But I think just being really clear and saying, hey, is it okay if you actually just listen to me? I actually don't need advice and I don't need to fix this right now. I just need comfort. I just need to be able to express what it is that I'm feeling. And sometimes they'll be able to give that to you and sometimes they won't and you'll respect their boundaries, but at least you asked for what it was that you needed. I really enjoyed meeting people who were in my same boat who were also going through breakups during this time. So reach out and build a broader community. I know that the Buddhist community in New York was super helpful for me. I went on a lot of weekend retreats this is not so possible because we are in the time of COVID right now, but there are also incredible online support groups that you can go to as well. I recently joined a online support group for women who are experiencing infertility and it has been so powerful for me to meet all these other amazing women who are going through the same thing and it makes me feel so much less alone. So I'd say during this time when it's already so easy to feel alone, then reach out and see how you can build community and connections that will help you feel heard, seen, and loved. The final and third tip that I'll give for dealing with breakups is to stay really grounded in the present moment. It is not going to do you any favors to rehash the past or to think about the future I know that for me, I spent a lot of time wondering if maybe I might get back together with my ex or that maybe one day life would find a path for us to reconcile. I also would step back into the past and rehash moments that I thought maybe I could have done differently. But if you want to heal, then the past and the future are not the two places where you're going to find comfort and solace. I love this phrase by the Dalai Lama. And he says that there are only two days a year when nothing can be done, and that is yesterday and tomorrow. Today is the right day to love, believe, do, and live. So what can you do to ground yourself in the here and now? Well, I think the first thing is journaling. I have so many notebooks from those two years during that breakup of all of my feelings. I needed a place for all my feelings to go. I loved journaling. So befriend your journal. Get in tune with what you're feeling in that very moment. Meditation practice is also extremely useful. And then also make a list. Make a list of what you want in a future relationship Make a list of everything that you know right now to be true, that you are going to call in for the future. And then once you've put that list on paper, then forget about it. Don't worry too much about finding someone else. Don't worry about your timeline and whether or not you'll ever meet someone. Trust that you will. Know that you will. Be clear about what it is that you're looking for in another person. And then forget about it and live your life every day. I like to think about this time post-breakup. I see this image of you sitting in a really warm, soft cave and you're licking your wounds. Know that you have been hurt. Oftentimes before relationships end, they've ended through a fairly painful process of lots of fighting, lots of uncertainty. And know that right now in this very moment, It's okay if you don't feel your best. It's okay if you don't look your best or if you feel like your confidence has taken a big hit or if you're totally exhausted from months and months of fighting that led up to the breakup. This time is now about taking care of you, tending to your wounds and making sure that you are healing and recovering from the traumaticness that accompanies any breakup. So now I'll recap Advice from this episode. First, know that sadness is an opportunity for growth, change, and evolution. Remember that it's always darkest before dawn. And know that this ebb, this low point in your life, is merely an impermanent moment in time before things get better. Things will get better. And you are learning resilience and learning strength in the process. This breakup is an opportunity for you to create a beautiful new life for yourself. It's a moment for reinvention, for self-love. It's a moment to date yourself and to reconnect with the wonderful, incredible person that is you, you and you alone. Point two, remember that rejection is protection. And this loss of this important thing in your life is actually a cosmic redirect onto the right path. That is simply a barrier preventing you from going down a path in your life that is not meant for you. This breakup is the universe telling you that there is something better for you out there. And all you have to do is ask for it. Next, shake up the old patterns of your life. Don't let this person's absence feel like a gaping hole. Instead, fill it with self-love, with new activities, new friendships, with freshness and joy, new beginnings now is your time to experiment to have fun to take risks and try new things really tune into how much possibility exists in your life now that you are not in this relationship anymore the next point you can build all these amazing new things into your life but don't run away from your sadness make space for your sadness let your feelings come out tend to them Find ways to vent and ways to process what you've just been through. And so I think these two key points are really important, right? You're kind of doing a both-and situation. You're letting yourself be sad. You're letting yourself process those feelings. And at the same time, you're also inviting newness. You're holding both joy and deep pain at the same time. You are mourning and you are building. You're letting yourself feel while you're also letting yourself live. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you so much to our incredible listener, Scarlett, for submitting this question. I know that you asking this question will help lots of other people who listen to this podcast. And thank you, everyone, for submitting your questions. I'm so glad that you guys choose to tune in every week and I'm really trying to commit from now on to having a new episode posted every Sunday and if not every Sunday, then every other Sunday. So at least you guys know that there's a regular day in the week when you can hear from me this week as you move forward with the amazing spirit of the new lunar year, then remember to love yourself, to listen to yourself and to say yes to life so that life can say yes to you. See you guys next week.